Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and today's podcast, we're going to talk about new Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts and what his college tape can tell us about what kind of player he may be at the next level. To help me with this, I am joined by Adam Holloway, uh, one of my friends on Twitter and a football coach in Canada. Adam, thanks for joining me. No problem, Dave. I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to uh, to chatting about the superstar that we got here. Yeah, future future superstar, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So that our listeners know, uh, I I asked Adam to join me on the podcast because he had a thread on Twitter um, that I have retweeted, and if you guys are curious about it, go look at my account. Uh, you'll find it there. Um, and he went in depth on Kyle Pitts, watching uh, a good bit of his games at the University of Florida. It was a really great breakdown. I enjoyed it. I asked him to come on the podcast and to talk about that because uh, I feel like a lot of our fans would uh, like to get a little bit deeper insight into Pitts. Obviously, Falcons fans, there's a lot of people uh, who are also UGA fans who may have seen him at least once or twice uh, in watching UGA football, but uh, you actually looked at quite a few games, and I think this is going to be really interesting. So let me, before mm-hmm. we get into the specifics, Adam, I, I just want to get your personal opinion. Um, because I know uh, from your profile, you are an Ohio State uh, fan as well, uh, very yep. similar to our own Gina Kelly. Um, yeah, yeah, me and her talked about that quite a bit, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let me ask you this, because I know uh, at four, uh, obviously um, uh, quarterback was an option for the Falcons, and they ended up passing on Justin Fields, who you know came out of Ohio State, had the connections mm-hmm. to Georgia. They did go with uh, Kyle Pitts. So what are your thoughts on – the Falcons going with the tight end as opposed to the potential successor to Matt Ryan. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. I got it. I, I understood it. And leading up to the draft, I, I always got the feeling they didn't love Justin Fields. I felt like it was more of a Trey Lance kind of infatuation rather than Justin Fields. I, I just think Lance's offense was so similar at North Dakota state um, that they didn't like what uh, Fields brought. I just never got that they loved him. So I, uh, I never, I always, obviously being an Ohio state fan, I was like, you know what, like <laughs> it'd be a dream come true. Like that'd be so fun. But in the same breath, I get it. And like, if it kind of, they literally went BPA in almost every single round, I would say. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, so after you seen the result of the draft, like the full um, six rounds, because we didn't have the seventh pick, you kind of said, it kind of looked like, okay, they're literally just going BPA and they're going to make this like a foundational year for a draft Mm -hmm. perspective. Um, So it was, it was, it was heartbreaking as Ohio state fan, but I'm actually happy where Justin uh, landed and I, and it really looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder. So I'm excited to see what he does in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really, I don't know anybody that's really going to be upset at Kyle Pitts, a six foot six, 245 pound, (laughs) just absolute monster. 
yeah yeah so it's it's really hard for anybody i think to actually like legitimately get mad at, at the pick right uh regardless if you wanted qb or not regardless of your thoughts on matt ryan or not so yeah it's interesting you know just watching the conversations around the falcons and as the smoke started getting thicker and thicker that kyle mm-hmm. pitts could be the guy i saw more and more fans sort of warm up to the idea and be like oh wait a minute this guy is actually like he could be a generational player like he, he may end up uh, as one of the best at this position if he lives up to the potential. Um, yeah. And it, it's like you said, it, it's hard to argue with that. Now, I think some people got hung up on the idea that, oh, he's a tight end and tight ends aren't worth that. And I think we'll, we'll talk about uh, what he can do as a receiver in you know, a little bit. But mm-hmm. I want to talk first about maybe aspect of his game that I think fans are just sort of overlooking because <laughs> if, funny enough, Tight ends are expected to block in the NFL. Yeah. Um, even though, as Falcons fans, we've we've seen guys come in like Tony Gonzalez, you know, who uh, I think um, it, it's generous to say he was a decent blocker. He was not enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Uh, he, he would certainly do the job. Um, and we've we've seen some guys come through, Levine, Toilolo, uh, others um, who you know fit the role here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about Kyle Pitts because right now I think everyone is sort of saying, okay, this guy obviously is going to be a receiving freak, but from what you watched, how, what's your comfort level? Uh, Let's start with his uh, in line being in pass protection. How do you feel about Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, helping to protect Matt Ryan uh, and staying in the pocket? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that was kind of, that's what I kind of, that's why I wanted to start the thread. Everybody knows the jump ball. Everybody knows he can stretch the field and stress right. the defense that way. But I was kind of, I was like, you know what? I, I I heard some rumors that he can't block. I heard some rumors that he can block. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just jump in. Let me let me watch about six, seven games. And let's see what we got. And uh, against SEC uh, opponents where you got these big defensive fronts, you're going to see what he's actually able to do. Right. Um, in line, um, I think... I think a good friend of mine I was talking to, uh, the real Pat man on Twitter, he's got really good analytic stuff, but he was saying that um, Pitts was in line 63% of the time last year. So that's a good portion. Like you're, you're yeah. mostly in line there. And um, I, he was, he was good. He, like, especially Georgia fans. Um, it's funny. Cause that whole thread, I, I posted all these games, right? And the one Georgia game that I posted, they're like, they're hitting me on. They're just like quotes. They're like, oh, uh, you know, he's the enemy. How could you do? That? And then, so, anyways, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're just killing me for that one post. They don't see like the thirty others. But um, he was really good. And against like the first game I was watching, anytime I'm watching any kind of offensive player or I want to measure how they are, I always watch Bama if I can. If they got film against Bama, that's the yeah. first team I go to because their front's just so strong and so. Uh, diverse. They they can hit you so many ways. Every um, single year, was, too. They're constantly cranking out yeah, guys into the NFL. First rounder, yeah. second round, like just huge mammoth D lineman that uh, will put you on your butt real good. So um, that was the first game I dug into, and the first couple plays, like they they had him pulling and leading him on, on a few blocks, and he he was really good. And it was weird because they kind of I felt like Florida wanted to like out physical them, which is an absolute wild scenario that I never thought I would see because they, they they started the drives just running and Pitts was in line. He was blocking well. He was setting the edge. Um, even when they he was getting to second level, they did a couple of QB, des, uh, the QB design plays. Um, he was getting to second level and sealing off blocks. So um, I, don't, I don't need him 
I don't need him to lay out a guy. I, I don't. Right. But I need right. him to seal his running lane and, and create something that a running back can come up his backside and be able to um, and be able to get yards, even if it's not a lot. At least it's do your assignment kind of kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think against Bama, you've seen the the strengths and the weaknesses of him uh, a couple times. I don't know why, but they put uh, pits on a DN, like just one-on-one. He's going to lose those matchups. Like he's just, that's just, that's just not him. Like, and if you're asking that of him, you probably drafted him for the wrong reasons. Right. Um, so they had, they had him on the DN a couple of times and he's going to lose those matches. So I'm not like, I wasn't looking at those and being like, oh, you know, he's a bad blocker because of that. I just think situationally, you probably don't want your superstar tight end. Who's a receiving threat to be, in line blocking against like a 275 pound defensive end just Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't make sense to me um but as i got on um georgia he was really i don't know if he had a vendetta against georgia and i swear to god i don't i don't hate georgia i actually enjoy watching their football but he was coming off the line and he was physical he was super physical um he was getting into dns he was getting into leads on um on runs that uh they call they were calling sweeps he was getting into the second level and just moving guys and i was actually shocked because a few people that i study tape with have said you know he's not that great and i i watched that game i watched missouri i watched um i, f- I forget what other games but i watched I, I watched basically their whole schedule and he was he was just super physical um and when he was outweighed, he's going to lose those matches. But the, if he can get off of you and get his his hands into your chest and move you right, the, the, the initial punch, he can create leverage that way. But if you're asking him to stand there and move the guy and create a huge blocking lane, he's not going to do that. Um, so but, don't use him as the starting left tackle is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't use him as an H-back, right, to come through the B-gap and explode on a, on a Mike linebacker. That's probably not going to the way to do it. But in the, in the same breath, like he was good, man. As long as you can create leverage and move your guy out of the way, he he was able to do that. And and I was very uh, happy and surprised at the same time because all I heard was he was Darren Waller. Darren Waller's usually flexed outside, and mm-hmm. and he's not really creating those running lanes like that. At least I didn't see from Waller. And, uh, a, a lot of Canada's really weird for football teams. We're kind of all over the map. So I got a lot of Raiders fans, Buffalo fans, little <laughs> a little bit of everything around here. So my Raiders buddy was like, oh, I think he's a little bit more physical than Waller. I was like, really? So, you know, it, it's just funny how it worked out. And, um, yeah, he, he was physical, um, exciting. Um, yeah, and like, the, the, like that whole uh, – I'll, I'll get into the rest of the pretty stuff after because yeah, that was in there. But, yeah, but, yeah – to say the least, I was surprised, and he definitely has more juice um, blocking than Hayden Hurst. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah, okay. like I, I definitely, I definitely think he has more juice than than Hayden Hurst. He uses this, the the biggest thing is he is so long, so he can out leverage you right away. Like yeah. it's it's like his measurables. I was listening today to a podcast where like 90th percentile for DNs. And like 95th percentile for offensive tackles. So like, like his, he's so long that if he, if he's willing, like, and he is willing, um, then he's going to move you. So, so he's got the willingness, he's got the mindset. And like I said, uh, football is such a mindset thing. If you like, you have to be a pretty big psychopath to want to run into somebody as fast as you can. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, Pitts does that. So <laughs> well, know, that was going to be got- my, that's interesting you said that because one of my my next questions was going to be is he a willing 
blocker because you, you just pointed at it. And I think it's something that um, it's not something you could put down as far as statistics, but you can see it on the field where, where yeah. you've got guys who, you know, they're, they're told to block, but there's, mm-hmm. like you said, like this mental break where there's these guys who you can tell love to go and block guys. And there's yeah. guys who just sort of, eh, you know, they do it because they're told to do it, but they're not yeah. willing blockers. Like they just go and get in the way, which one of those is pits or is he something in between? No, he's definitely willing. Like I, I get what you're saying. It's like, okay, yeah, you're supposed to block this guy on this play. And it's like, eh, I'll get in his way, but you know, I'm not going to put the effort in kind right. of thing, but that's not pits. Um, if, if the assignment comes up his gap or if, if he's got to pull and lead the gap, um, he's definitely going to put his head into your chest and he's going to at least make that initial pop and um, at least get you out of the way in that sense. And that is, that's half the battle with being a willing blocker. And he's just, he's just a slender guy because he's six foot six, right? right. And he's 245 pounds. You, you get a year or two in the NFL, he's 20 years old. He's going to at least put on 10 pounds and at least be more physical in the game. And then you look at it from this perspective as well. We got Lee Smith, who's one of the marquee run blockers in, in uh, or just one of the marquee block, tight end, tight end blockers. Um, and you're probably going to get some technique stuff from him um, as well. So it, it kind of comes full circle for, for Kyle Pitts and, um, and his major, I guess, I don't know, I guess you could call it a weakness just because he's so elite at all the other things he does. I guess you could call it a little bit of a weakness. I, I personally don't want to, my conclusion at the whole end of this was I was surprised at how willing he was to block and how physical he was when he was asked to block when runs were coming up his backside. Um, and that was, that was the most telltale things. And like you said, in, in the, in the thread that I, I created, um, he's just, he's just different and you, you don't really, you don't you can't really, uh, you can't really measure it because he's just so physical and, and just exciting. Right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little different, but yeah, I definitely, he's super willing for sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> I cannot. I think all of us are. And, and it's funny, you know, we, we're we're talking about the blocking because yeah. it, it, it's going to matter. It, it's going to matter at some point. Oh, absolutely. Season. Yes. Um, you know, w- when you've got ISO routes and, uh, you know, he's asked to stay in line and actually, uh, you know, perform those blocks or, or if it's, you know, a designed run. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of plays where he's going to need to hold up that that part of uh, uh, you know, his positional responsibility. So it's oh, important, but clearly we're here as well to talk about what he's going to do uh, as a freak of nature, as a receiver. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I am joined by Adam Holloway. We were talking about Kyle Pitts. And in the first half, we talked about his blocking abilities, the fun, uh, in-the-ground, dirty stuff. But now let's talk about what he can do as a receiver. Obviously, uh, you don't draft a tight end at four. Uh, the first time ever in NFL <laughs> history because you you just absolutely adore his ability to block. You're grabbing this guy in the top five <laughs> because he can be an absolute devastating weapon. So um, what are your thoughts, Adam? You, you saw him as a receiver. Uh, obviously, 2020 was an amazing season for him at Florida, um, and he did that with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. you know, no offense to Kyle Trask defenders, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Kyle Trask is no Matt Ryan. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, your initial thoughts on uh, Kyle Pitts as a receiver and what he can mean to the Falcons? Yeah, so uh, he's uh, he's probably the definition of what this team and, and kind of Matt's been missing was uh, just a, a vertical threat that can that can kind of give you everything you need in the red zone, right? Um, his, uh, his fluidity in routes, like just running different routes. And I kind of, I tried to slow down those things in that thread yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, just because you kind of see the way he moves defenders with his body motion. Um, And he's absolutely incredible in doing it. I I said this and I truly mean it. He moves, he's so fluid like Odell, but he catches the ball like Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Like he's, it's, it's scary. Like, because you compare those guys, Odell's like one of the most fluid route runners in, in football, and Tony caught anything that was in within reach of him, and everything mm-hmm. was always in reach with him. Um, so, in terms of uh, his receiving ability, I actually, until this thread, I, all I seen were the highlights of him just smoking everybody and him jump balling everybody and him just mossing two guys and guys that went in the top 10 this year, top 10 last year, top, top guys that are going to go in the top 10 next year. Um, and it's, it's, it's scary. Um, when I started to watch it and I seen how um, they used him on so many vertical routes and just from a coverage perspective, the way that the defense were accounting for him so much, um, you've seen guys like Tony, like he was just absolutely eating everything um, underneath because every there was so much um, coverage that was was responsible for uh, pits. Like to the point, I posted at the end of that thread that Texas A and M had three guys responsible for Kyle Pitts yeah, at one I point. I saw that. That was hysterical. And I could not believe that three straight plays. They're like, and Kyle Trask still threw him the ball. <laughs> on two of those three plays, he tried to give him that ball, and and he did it. Like it's it's so crazy. Um, just th- this is what I, I was talking to Jenna about this the other day. Actually, it's it's crazy because I literally don't know how you can defend this defense. Because if you're playing, um, there's a, a a defense. It's called double jersey number, where you double team the team's best player. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, who are you picking to do that to in Atlanta? Right. right. And then you got one on ones across the board. You're not leaving Kyle Pitts one on one. He's going to burn every single player uh, that's not named Jalen Ramsey in this league. You can't, there's no way that you can play a linebacker or a safety on this player and, and be okay with that situation. There's just no, like Tyron Matthew, fantastic in coverage. 
he does not have the length to deal with that. Uh, Jamal Adams, super physical. He does not have the speed to deal with that. Um, Linebackers, um, we'll say Devin White. He's one of the most versatile players. He still doesn't have the length to deal with all that. Um, There's just, I just don't know at full strength how you can deal with this Falcons offense just because of how much um, each player demands um, coverages, right? Um, there's no way you can you can't double team two players. You're just not, that's just not going to work. Uh, you can't if you double team one player and then you got your best because the way you play double jersey number is um, you roll your second best corner and the safety to that coverage side, um, and then you you put your best corner on their best receiver, right? Uh, or on their sorry on their second best sorry on their best receiver. Yeah, that's it. So they're your their number one corner on on your best receiver and they roll the coverage to the other guy, but then you have a third guy coming off. Right. And then even if you do figure that out, <laughs> there's, there's Mike Davis out of the backfield. Right. So it's like, um, or Patterson. I mean, yeah. Know. And it's like, it's just so crazy, but I got off track cause I was just getting so excited about how so many ways you can use this <laughs> offense, but Kyle Pitts, um, the biggest thing for me, um, his ability on 50, 50 balls, I it's unmatched. Um, I think actually I know a good friend of your guys, uh, Aaron Freeman was saying on his podcast today, um, he, uh, there's, there's probably nobody that's better other than Larry Fitzgerald the last 20 years at 50, 50 jump balls. Um, he's just, yeah, he's just, uh, he's so strong. He like, he's a natural hands grabber. He's not a body catcher. Um, and that's so for a 20 year old to understand that, and to understand how to high point a ball against different coverages is absolutely, you just don't see it. And that's what makes the pick so special. And that's what makes Pitts so special is um, if you have that talent to absolutely just high point and take whatever contact you're going to get underneath, because it was constantly two guys um, that were on him in the red zone. And he was still, still eating cover, no matter <laughs> if it was Sir 10, if it was JC Horn. Uh, who was my top corner? He that, that was an absolutely dogfight, by the way. Yeah, uh, that, if you're, if that's you're a great point, film, too. You're, you're bringing up the fact that he went up against guys who were drafted in the first round to be top oh, corners yeah. in the NFL as well. And he was facing them last year. Yeah, and absolutely just it was J.C. Horn gave him the, the best fight, but he still won that battle. Um, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Sertan, uh, it was so crazy. He was burning Patrick Sertan so much that they were starting to roll safeties to that side. Patrick Sertan Ooh. went top ten in the NFL draft this year. Um, that's how that's how much um, coverage responsibility he ne- he needed because uh, he's just he's just special. Like that's that's the best way to see it. And I see um, people are saying about his target share and his oh why did he only have forty three catches? Um, you don't. If you watch, like, I don't, I hate to be that guy because I'm not that guy. Um, if you literally watch the film, you can see how much the defense is stressed over where Kyle Pitts is because he has a, he has a guy in his face right off the hop. Um, and then when he break, cause he's so good off the line, you like, you can't even jam him. I, and, and another point that I made on the, on that thread was if you play off against him, that's easy money. Like if I'm Matt right. Ryan, I'm saying, okay, tap your helmet. Cause if he's playing off on you and he, you got no inside help. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking that slant and, and you're probably taking it for 25 at least. Um, but the way they were doing it, they were jamming them and then having a guy over top right away. And Tony was just eating like everything. Like he was just so good. And I, I think Tony's a good receiver. Um, but I don't, I don't think he was a first round receiver. That's just my opinion, <laughs> but Pitt, like Pitts opened up so much for him and arguably like, 
I don't know. I hate to hate on like I guess I can hate on him because he's a buck now, but uh, like, do it, Kyle, Kyle Trask, right? I mean, he's. I didn't think he was good. I thought he was like a fourth or fifth round guy, and he went in the second round. I think that was in part to Kyle Pitts just taking all the coverage <laughs> with him, and everything was open. Right? So, uh, so yeah. So I mean, like it's 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 just funny. Um, I think Tony would be good, but Pitts Pitts definitely was um, the reason why everybody in that um florida offense was eating um you could you could see the coverages they were rolled to his side um right off the hop and like i said um e- even stingley who was supposedly um a once in a generational kind of cornerback and he is really really good don't get me wrong this isn't a, like if we suck next year i'm like okay give me stingley because to have him paired with with aj Terrell would be so much fun but um uh, hopefully we don't suck by the way, but uh, Stingley, <laughs> he absolutely dominated. Like there's just, there's no answer. If you're an elite athlete, athlete, you're not physical enough for him. If you're, if you're super physical, you're not fast enough for him. Um, he just can beat you so many ways in his route running's um, absolutely like phenomenal. And like, you've seen that against um, Alabama. They, they started off with a linebacker on him. Like, don't ask me. Good luck. Like, yeah, and it was Dylan Moses who absolutely struggles in coverage. And then um, it was to the point that they were using inside shades on him. So it's um, they'll let him free release off the line, and then they'll kind of they they probably knew the play where the play was going. Um, just because Nick Saban's such a freak, like he he knows he knows every offense. So I'm sure he knew wh- where they like to use pits, but they were inside shading him with two players. So they had a safety over top, um, oh, and then the linebacker underneath. And then so Pitts would the your responsibility as that linebacker is to not let him inside of you. Like you can see a few times on those coverages um, in that thread that the linebacker right off the hop was looking um, horizontally to the field. He wasn't looking <laughs> vertically to the field. So he's responsible for not letting him come inside and Pitts just went inside anyway. So I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? It's those things where you can see how the coverage is rolled to his side. Um, and you, and like, for me, I'm, I'm a defensive coordinator in, in Canada here. I don't know like coverages to the full extent, but I understand them enough to know that when a guy's either being rolled on or when a guy's um, like, when you have to keep a certain leverage, like outside or inside, and I mean, it kind of is telling when a, when a player's horizontally to the field, how often do you see that? You don't. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to see like those kind of coverages and pits just attacks those coverages with no problem. Um, so it's, it was, it was really fun. You know, sorry about the big rant there, but like, he's just so like the way he can stress you is just so much fun. And I, I year one in Atlanta, I, I really truly doubt he's going to see double coverage. And that's why I like, which should be are, terrifying. Like, yeah. And people are like, what do you like? What do you think on these over and unders? Like, I don't do betting. So I don't know. I don't really understand this, but they're like, what do you think about these over and unders? I'm like, take the over on everything. Right. I'm like, there's just, there's just I'm like, if I'm betting, I'm literally taking the over on everything just because I think he's going to be that good. And I don't think until like later in the year, until he's like, man, like this guy's had like a hundred yards in three straight games and he's got five touchdowns. Like we got to do something to right. stop that guy too. Right. Um, yeah, but, so, but when you do that, I mean, you're going to leave Calvin Ridley, who's a touchdown oh, yeah. machine uh, wide oh, open. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, so a couple of things I noticed um, in some of the clips you put on that Twitter thread. Um, <clears throat> yep. Number one, 
there was a route he ran uh, on the left side where he he broke inside, realized that Trask had moved out of the pocket, and he immediately changed directions and headed towards the sideline. When he mm-hmm. did it, uh, you you mentioned one thing earlier. He is so incredibly fluid. He moves mm-hmm. like a small receiver, like yeah. a, a shifty, you know, like a uh, the receivers that Bill Belichick is obsessed with in New England. So he's yeah. he moves quickly. But then when he came out of that break and out of that directional change, his acceleration to the sidelines, he left that defender in the dust. He put a, a, in just two or three steps, he put an additional two or three yards between him and that defender. Um, I, I had no idea he had that kind of acceleration, that rapid acceleration and that mm-hmm. fluidity as a receiver. That one play alone was just and it wasn't a, it was a it was a good gain. It wasn't a massive gain. He didn't look like a tight end. I, I kept no. watching, and I'm like, "This isn't a tight end. This is," and 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 in fact, he's not even a, a prototypical like large receiver. You know, you think about um, like a Randy Moss. You know, those guys who you know sort of were you know the big you know big and fast, but not necessarily great at change of direction. Yeah. He he looks more like one of those speedy receivers, except he's six foot six with a <laughs> massive wingspan, um, yeah. and it just. Uh, that's what caught my eye. And that was because I haven't had the chance to watch him in in extensive detail. Um, But you captured a few clips. uh, And again, uh, for those who are listening, uh, follow uh, Adam on Twitter. Adam, what's your uh, Twitter handle? So our our listeners can find you. It's uh, Damsky, D-A-M-S-K-I, 32. Okay. And I obviously, I'm going to retweet this again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fantastic set of clips. So you can get an idea um, of what Kyle Pitts can do. But I, I just kept coming away looking at these clips thinking, this guy is uh, – and I, I, I'm, I'm really, really hesitant to make the comparison. But when you put the picture of the three defenders covering him, my yep. immediate first thought, because I saw it for you know, years at Georgia Tech, was Calvin Johnson. Yeah. He was one of those – Calvin Johnson was a guy, when he played, that the entire defense – basically said we're gonna we're gonna sell out to stop him you're gonna have to beat us with someone else they would literally and funny enough that followed him to the nfl and and to your point we would see matthew stafford throw into triple coverage and 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 actually watch calvin johnson come down with it and he'd still he'd still get it i know that's that's it's the scary and it's funny you say that about calvin like i i that's a, that's a lot of stress to put on kyle pitts and expectations right absolutely and i under, i understand people are going to be like oh if he doesn't get 1200 yards and 13 tds you know he's going to be a bust that might not be <laughs> right. a case in your run everybody's got to realize like i even though i said his so his expectations by vegas standards was 870 and seven touchdowns um for this year i absolutely think he can hit those um, I, I, before those, I, before I even said those, I said 875 and 10 touchdowns. I think that's absolutely, um, doable for him, especially the coverages that he'll see. Um, but it's funny that you say that about Calvin Johnson, um, just because his RAS score, the comparable was Calvin Johnson. Oh uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I did so, not know that. Yeah. So there yeah, you go. No, it's, it's actually so crazy, uh, that you say that, like, I, and I, and I, and I want to stress this enough because I know you guys have such a huge following and I don't want to be like, Oh, this guy said he's going to be Calvin Johnson. That, that's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying the way he moves is similar to the way that, that Calvin Johnson moves. Yeah. Um, 
and Calvin Johnson was just his own, like, he was just a maniac on his own. So like, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? But, um, but that clip that you were saying, he, he does that so much and it's gotta be an understanding, um, between Pitts and, and, um, Trask that like, you know, I'm in trouble. You're going to be my guy. So like, you know, look out for, for, for me rolling out somewhere. And, I, and I've seen that numerous times, but, um, I didn't like, to me, that was an IQ play. Um, I don't like putting yep. like things like IQ on, 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 on prospects. It's just, it's, it's hard to measure that way, but, um, just, just his understanding of like, you kind of, I'm actually rewatching it right now as we're talking about it, just, yeah, just I'm to get a better understanding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like he kind of takes a peek at the coverage, sees the open uh, field and then he peels back and he's like, Oh, we got a lot of space there. He's rolling out this way. That's a hard throw for Trask to make cross body. But, um, I mean, the the wins, wingspan's huge, right? So it's kind of it's kind of hard to miss. It's kind of miss uh, hard to miss a pterodactyl out there uh, being able to catch anything. So yeah, but his um he's fantastic like that just in that sense. And I'm sure um I know Pitts was saying that he was going to have lunch and the plan was to go to California this year to do um a little bit of training with him. Um just and the Falcons receivers in general. Um mm-hmm. I, I know Matt usually does that, but I I would um. I would bet, and one thing I tweeted before I did the the thing is, I I just beg Matt Ryan to just trust Kyle Pitts because like if he if you see that trust right away, um, you're going to benefit from it big time. Um, your other receivers will benefit from it big time. Game planning is going to be so much easier, mm-hmm. um, and and just a little bit of. Uh, everything because you know sometimes matt he, he, he likes julio i mean obviously now he really likes ridley you know obviously right but like let's just get pits in there early uh let's let him eat early and you know i i really feel like um i feel like he could do a lot of good things for matt and, and help him in areas where you know like historically you look through even though he's had um different ocs he's kind of always been okay in the red zone i think he could be great in the red zone especially with Arthur smith's uh, play calling because I, yeah. I do think it's like a 50 50 deal that where play calling's got to be pretty good. Um, but also the quarterback's got to deliver a, a, a decent ball, right? So, I yeah, mean, absolutely. when you have a guy that's got a crazy catch radius like like Pitts and uh, combined with a decent play caller, um, that's it's, it's it's a recipe for a good success, right? And, and just just how accurate Matt is, he, he should be able to make this thing work in the red zone, yeah. And you and I actually talked a little bit went back and forth about. Uh, Matt and the, him adapting to players quickly. Uh, I pointed out, you know, 2016, Mohamed Sanu was you know brought onto the team relatively new, um, and he adapted to him relatively quickly. Aaron Freeman uh, jumped in <laughs> and, and did uh, remind us all that Sanu was not that good for the first, uh, you know, five, six games of the season, which is fair enough. Um, but I, I will say, I, I do think, to your point, having a good offensive coordinator in there is going to make that transition happen faster. Uh, yeah. He's going to open up the opportunities for Pitts. And honestly, I, I think Ryan is the kind of guy that um, if if he sees this kid deliver repeatedly, he's going to uh, trust him more and more. And that's going to, yeah. uh, to your point, it's going to be critical. You know, if the Falcons yeah. are going to have success in 2021, I think uh, Pitts is going to need to deliver sooner than than normal in, in some mm-hmm. ways for, for tight ends that are normally drafted. And I don't think it's unfair to expect him to deliver more since he is, you know, a top five draft pick. Um, again, tight end is a tough position to adapt to in the NFL, but uh, just from what we've seen, what you have shared, I, I, I feel really confident that the combination of him having a veteran quarterback and then having a, a great offensive mind in Arthur Smith should ease his transition. They'll find a way to, to take maximum advantage of what he can do 
in his first year in the NFL. Um, so with that, Adam, uh, really, truly appreciate you coming on the podcast to talk about Kyle Pitts. Um, I, I feel like we're in the, a little bit of a dead season, so it's fun to sort of dive in a little bit deeper into these guys who are going to be part of the team, uh, and especially the first-round pick, because this kid, I, you know, again, I do not want to, to be the guy who's, hey, you said he was going to be Calvin Johnson. No, that is not. <laughs> no, no, no. Like no. you said, I don't want, don't put I don't that, want on that. Me. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but at the same time, um, it, it's hard not to see that this, this kid has something special in him, and yeah. I think that's what we're – we're both taking away from this. So why don't you tell our listeners again, one more time where they can find you and what you have going on. Sure. Um, so you can find me uh Damsky 32 on Twitter, D A M S K I three, two, sorry, 32. I was going to say, but um, um, so I've been, I've been working breakdowns. Um, I, I think I got almost everyone, but Darren Hall, I, I kind of want to give myself an educated, educated um, a viewpoint on each one of these guys. Um, so I, I got most of them out there in Hollick. I'm struggling to find film on. So I, also I'm going to put this out there as a, as a, as a, <laughs> I need some Darren Hall film if somebody's got it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I do film breakdowns. I'm working on a thing right now. I'm studying DPs is uh, defense. So that, that, mm-hmm. that's something that'll be fun uh, to, to go along with. It's super complicated. So um, <laughs> it's, it's taken a while for me to get to it, but I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of research and um, I, I, I hope everybody just enjoys my, my content and just know that um, I try to put in and, and give the best perspective on what Atlanta's doing and, and what, how these guys fit for us. Awesome. Uh, and folks, uh, personal endorsement for me. Uh, I love watching what Adam uh, puts out on Twitter. So if you do have uh, an account on Twitter, definitely recommend you follow him. As for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Adam Holloway, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.